Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to this weekly Torah study from New Beginnings Church in Bedford, Texas, taught by Pastor Scott Sigmund. We pray this message will help you better understand how God's Old Testament wisdom and New Testament revelation are meant to jointly fit together. As we get into Torah portion number 40 today, the Torah portion on Balak, there's some important lessons to learn uh, on how to uh, be blessed despite the fact that the world seemingly is cursed and those curses are trying to overtake everybody. How many of you want more blessings? Well, there's a simple principle in Genesis 12, 3. I will bless those that bless Israel. That's the first promise God ever gave in the Bible concerning blessing in Israel. And so those that are on the right side love Israel, have a heart for Israel, try to work through all the bad theology on uh, uh Jewish people, Judaism, and Israel, and get on the right side of Bible history. And that's what our church is all about, standing with Israel and working to reverse the curse of anti-Semitism. And it's in this particular Torah study that it tells the story about a Gentile prophet named Balaam, Bilam. A man without a people. That's what Bilam means. A man without a people. And so there's no loyalty. He had no loyalty to God's people. And so uh, King Balak, the king of Moab, came in uh, as Israel's trying to make their way to the promised land and present a stumbling block, a roadblock to Israel. And he hires Balaam, Balaam, the Gentile prophet, to curse Israel. But every time he tried to curse Israel, God reversed the curse, and Israel, a blessing came out of his mouth. His intention was always to curse, not to bless. But uh, when God is involved, what seems to be uh, a curse can be reversed. You just have to trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And so uh, Balaam, Balaam, and Balak, King Balak of Moab, form an unholy alliance. Something that we see today in our world. These unholy alliances between the United Nations. Why are all the nations united against Israel? It's the same spirit that was present way back then with Bilam and Balak because they're resisting God's plan. And so as you study this out, of course, uh, Balaam is uh, really nothing more than a spiritual attack dog. He has the veneer of being a holy prophet. But in fact, he's a hired gun, a hireling. And he's come to curse Israel and ultimately destroy Israel. And that spirit is out there even today. But we have here a clear-cut example of anti-Semitism, which in the end is going to be defeated. Right? Armageddon is a battle over anti-Semitism. Right? 
What is the battle of Armageddon? It's a battle between good and evil. It's a battle between pro-Israel and anti-Israel forces over the land of Israel. Whose land is it? And, uh, And so God says, I give this to Abraham and all of his descendants for all time forever. And when you look up for all time and forever, what does that mean? For all time and forever. <laughs> and so anyone that opposes that is opposing God. And isn't it when you look at the devil is behind everything, right? We battle not with flesh and blood, but against all the spiritual wickedness. And uh, even some of that spiritual wickedness uh, dresses in a shirt and tie. And so, in the end, in this story, a lot of good people were led astray. And they got hurt because they listened to leaders who... Uh, Even though on the outside I'm doing this for your good, on the inside they were ravaging wolves trying to destroy God's plan. And so you can uh, study this story uh, in Numbers 22 to Numbers 25. uh, But uh, what took place 3,400 years ago is still taking place today. And the lessons of this story are still taking place today. And the main lesson is, I'll bless those who bless Israel and curse those uh, who try to curse Israel. And so uh, throughout uh, all generations, throughout all the millenniums, there's always been evil people who try to gin up fear and hate and religious discrimination because they have a desire to exert absolute power. Don't vote for those people, please. (laughs) Because spiritual powers and principalities are trying to tear down one nation under God. We can't even say the Pledge of Allegiance anymore, for goodness gracious sakes. So, Balak and Balaam, Bilam, governments, secular organizations, terrorists, and sadly, even some within Christianity continue to stand against Israel instead of standing with Israel. And uh, there was a uh, one uh, Christian leader recently uh, had a tremendous public meltdown when the uh, Israeli government changed hands from uh, Benjamin Netanyahu to Naftali Bennett and uh, wrote some scathing, hateful things against Israel. Uh, and, uh, and so as I'm watching all of this play out uh, within the last month, I got to thinking about, well, what is our response to that? What is my person, what is the Christian response to that? And so uh, I've been working on a statement, and I'll share what I have so far. Every leader in the world would be wise to understand what God says about Israel in the Bible. I will bless those who bless you, And curse those who curse you. 
This is the very first promise God gave concerning Israel and is very important because any nation, political group, or church organization, or individual who attempts to harm Israel in any way will bring a curse upon themselves and their people. On the other hand, those who support Israel and pray for the peace of Jerusalem will have the blessing of God come upon them. Larry Huck Ministries and New Beginnings Church stand strong and united with the nation of Israel and the Jewish people. We denounce anti-Semitism and oppose any government policy or terror group whose mission it is to bring any type of destruction or boycott against the Jewish state. We strongly reject the false opinion that Israel is an occupying nation and an apartheid state. Amen. We recognize God's eternal covenant with the Jewish people. We advocate for the biblical perspective that Israel has a sovereign right to exist as a nation. We accept as true Jerusalem is its eternal capital and should never be divided. We fully endorse international agreements like the Abraham Accords that work to normalize relations between the Arab states and Israel. This will bring great peace, great prosperity for all of those involved, including any individual, nation, government, political, or religious organization. Amen. If you agree with that this morning, give the Lord a hand clap. Hallelujah. So we need to vocalize these kind of things. You don't necessarily have to get as in-depth, but uh, once in a while on your social media, maybe just put, I heart Israel. (laughs) And then maybe go a step further, whatever. But anyways, look, anti-Semitism is the world's oldest ethnic hatred. And it has both a political and religious aspect to it. And this is what you see with uh, Balaam and uh, Balak, right? First they try these uh, uh, schemes to curse Israel through the power of their words. And when that didn't work, they bring in the immorality. Kind of like America right now. We can't pass legislation And get everybody on board to pass weird legislation. So we we will just uh, send in the immorality. And have it taught in our school. Who voted on this? Did anybody vote on transgender, LGBTQRSTWXYZ+. Who voted on that? We didn't vote on that. It's just being... Offered as this is the new morality, take it or we will cancel you. And this is kind of the approach of Balak and Balaam, right? They are just going to go in there and they are going to bring cursing any way they can. And uh, uh, politically, Balak and uh, Balaam, Balaam, they're no different than Pharaoh. They're no different than Haman. 
They're no different than Stalin or Hitler or Hamas or Hezbollah or Iran. Each has their own version of a final solution. Why do they want a final solution? What did Israel ever do to warrant this hate? Because they are the keepers of the word. They're God's chosen people. They are the people that God chose and the people who said yes to God when other nations turned down what God had to offer leading into Mount Sinai. And all of a sudden, for 3,400 years, even back further, 4,000 years to Abraham, they have been advocates that there is but one God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And we are going to serve that God with all of our heart, with all of our strength, with all of and people don't like that. Hey, I, what about my God? Well, okay, you, you, if you, that's who you want, I wouldn't recommend that. But we are going to not bow down, bend down, or slow down serving the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and His Son Jesus Christ. So these demonic spirits, they're really rooted in Balaam, uh, Balak. They have this spirit of Amalek on them. He was the first nation, Amalek, to ever attack Israel coming out of Egypt. And God said they would be an eternal enemy. And so they keep manifesting through all of these uh, governments and political leaders. Balak, the king of Moab, which is modern-day Jordan, he claimed Israel was threatening his nation. Look, all they wanted to do was get to the promised land. Can we come through your nation and cross the Jordan and take over the promised land that God gave Abraham and promised us? Uh, but he uh, ginned up hate. They're trying to start a war. They're, they're, they're involved in genocide. They're, they're going to wipe us all out. But it was a baseless fear. You know, and just think about it. If, if Balak was so afraid of Israel, why not propose peace talks? Right? If, if Hamas in Gaza and Hezbollah in Lebanon and Iran funding, a, if they're so afraid of Israel, why not sit down at the, at the table and talk peace? Because they don't want Israel to exist. Because Israel represents God, and we can't have God in our world. Not your God anyways. And so uh, it was anti-Semitism for the sake of anti-Semitism. I I looked up where this word came from, anti-Semitism. And uh, an anti-Semite back in the 19th century in German uh, Germany, by the name of Wilhelm Marr, he thought the word Jew hatred was too vulgar. He couldn't get enough people to sign on to his warped view of the world uh, by just, let's hate the Jews, let's murder the Jews. And so he invented a more scientific sounding word, anti-Semitism. And that made it more acceptable to the masses. And it actually was one of the links in the chain that led to Hitler. But make no mistake about it. 
Christian people that love the Lord with all of our hearts. Any good, acceptable Christian needs to openly stand against anti-Semitism just like they would any other sinful activity. Can you give me a big amen on that one? And so, but here's the deal. Here's the dirty laundry in America and around the world. But anti-Semitism right now is going unchallenged and unchecked by government leaders. There's a uh, student society that's pro-Palestinian that are on campuses around America. And these student groups are, uh, they're accusing Israel of hate. But they're the ones distributing anti-Israel propaganda laced with inflammatory rhetoric about how we have to get rid of the Jews. And no one says a word. Or if they do, they're censored. You can't have that video on YouTube being pro-Israel because it doesn't fit our community standards. Well, who the heck is setting your community standards, Mr. YouTube? there's a growing anti-Israel coalition in our nation's teachers union. And they're pushing the BDS. They're pushing Israel is an apartheid state into our nation's school systems. Uh, Nina Nina Joundy, who works uh, for Larry Huck Ministries, her daughter, uh, fourth grader, is in school the other day and a substitute teacher comes in during the time where Hamas was launching 4,000 rockets into Israel and the UN was quiet. Where is the UN? Where are the nations of the world saying, don't do that? They've got this Balaam, Balak spirit on them where they, they like that. This is payback. I like this. So here's this fourth grader uh, with the sub- and the substitute teacher started spewing all this anti-Israel rhetoric to fourth graders. And, and Nina's telling me, and she says... Uh, my, my daughter spoke up. Little fourth grader. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Miss So-and-so, but you're wrong about that. And went on to defend Israel in the class. And we're seeing that. Because the adults in the room won't say anything. Now we got to have fourth graders, right? Like that nine-year-old. Uh, did you see the nine-year-old vi- uh, uh, who, whose video went viral pushing back against teaching race hatred in schools? Yeah. So... During the, uh, that uh, uh, incident with Hamas shooting all these rockets, uh, that, that wasn't the only violence. Okay, so 
across the world suddenly as that was happening in England and Germany and Canada, America, there were organized militia-style groups of pro-Palestinian people going through Jewish neighborhoods and businesses, painting swastikas, uh, committing acts of violence, threatening people around the world. And uh, in Look, I'm just going to call it out. One of the uh, current top officials in the current administration, he came out with a statement saying to the Jews, as this is all going on, if you fear for your life or physical safety, take off your kippah and hide your star of David. I'm not disrobing here. I'm pulling out my Star of David. (laughs) I'm not hiding my Star of David. In other words, you better hide your religious identity or we're going to hurt you. These are all birth pangs. This all signals that we're coming to the end of the age and uh, the last thing that we need to do is retreat. The last thing we need to do is hide, right? That doesn't mean we need to go and fight fire with fire and start punching people out. But we need to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We need to pull down strongholds, those powers and principalities. We need to vote for, find out who's pro-Israel. Which party is pro-Israel? Yeah, and speaking of that, anti-Semitism is now in the United States Congress. I don't know if you follow this stuff, but it seems like there's a strong pro-Hamas caucus in the United States Congress. Democratic leaders just let their people get away with anti-Semitic statements that are promoting all kinds of hatred and violence against the Jews, and the media is silent? Isaiah 61 says, I will not be silent about Jerusalem. Right? When did we think we were going to have to be the counterpoint to all of this insanity? Jesus said, you occupy until I come. Don't hide out and pray for a rescue mission. The rapture is not meant to be a rescue mission. Occupy until I come. Spiritually occupy. Not just, you know, in this area, but in all areas. Right? It's just very sad that in America... Hating Israel is now a campaign promise. We got people that say one Jewish state is one too many. Right? So it's no coincidence that this spirit of Balaam that is accusing Israel of being occupiers and human rights violators, it's the same spirit that's accusing America right now of being so evil. We got 1619 projects. 
We got people being taught, fourth graders, first graders, tenth graders are being taught that you can hate somebody now for the color of their skin and it's perfectly acceptable in our society. Look, we all know America is far from perfect. Who is perfect? What nation's walking on water? But even though we're far from perfect, we're far from being anti-humanitarian. We're far from being anti-equality, anti-fairness. How many of you agree with me? I love Dr. King's I Have a Dream where all people will be judged by the content of their character, not by the color of their skin. I kind of like that. So, we're trying to fulfill the ideals of the Bible, but that's why the first chief justice of the Supreme Court, John Jay, way back a couple hundred years ago, said that we should prefer Christians as our leaders. Why? Because they believe the Bible. And I'm not going to name names, but a lot of people don't believe the Bible, even though they say, I'm a good Catholic. And Balaam said, I'm a good man of God. Right? And yet he's out there cursing Israel. And the problem with back then as it is now is that Israel is the original one nation under God. There was no nation that was formed to be one nation under God before Israel or after Israel except America. So you got two nations in all of 6,000 years of human history that were formed to be one nation under God. And secular and demonic forces can't stand the reality that there's a higher power. There, There is no higher power than the state. Well, I'm sorry, but you're wrong. And that's why one nation under God is being attacked by so many radical groups. Um, I got to thinking about this last night, is that what we're seeing in America right now uh, is similar to what we've seen in the church. The church developed this nasty doctrine called replacement theology, that Israel is canceled, And anything that God ever said to Israel is nullified through Christ. And we are replacing Israel. The church replaces Israel. People believe that. Prominent Christian pastors on networks like TBN and Daystar still preach this garbage. And people soak it up and maybe they don't really understand how to connect all the dots, but it creates a warp theology and warp doctrine. But what we see in the church is what we're seeing the devil doing in secular governments and secular groups. Replacement theology. Let's replace one nation under God with one nation under government. 
And that's where Balak and Balaam had their problem. They thought their secular government was more important than God's people and one nation under God. See, in their worldview, there's no room for an alternative point of view, right? You're seeing that now even in the classroom. You're seeing that now uh, on television and in social media. Who gave these social media people the right to say your Christian view is no longer acceptable and valid for our standards on this platform? And basically what they're saying is we're anti-Torah, we're anti-Jew, we're anti-Jehovah, and we're anti-Christ. Why is this happening? Because just as the world, just as you and I, this is what I love about our church. Our church is working feverishly and you're helping us through your prayers and financial support and just uh, helping us build the church. We're preparing the world for the coming of the Messiah. Isn't that why every church should be meeting? Whatever we're planning should be helping us move closer to bringing back the Lord. But just as we're doing that, the Antichrist crowd is working to prepare the world for the coming of the Antichrist. Think about that. People are active. They've sold their souls, folks. There's a lot of people led astray and a lot of misguided people, and I hope you can pray your family through. <laughs> but some people are doing this intentionally. You're a grown adult. Nine-year-old and fourth graders know better than that. So it's a dem- demonic phenomenon. And I couldn't help but think about Revelation twelve thirteen. Pastor taught about this a few years ago. Uh, Revelation twelve thirteen says, And when the dragon, Satan, saw that he was cast unto the earth, he persecuted the woman, Israel, who brought forth the male child, the Christ, the Messiah. Revelation 12, 13. So you can see that Satan's behind everything, but he gets a free pass, it seems, because he's an angel of light. But Jesus actually said that this stuff is going to happen. So it doesn't catch Jesus by surprise. It shouldn't catch us by surprise. In Matthew 24, 9, Jesus said, You shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. So everything the Antichrist crowd is trying to do to build towards that day when there'll be a one-world government, one-world religion, one-world economy, everything that they're doing is satanic. It's against God. And one day, when the church is taken out of the way, when you and I are raptured, that scripture in 2 Thessalonians is a rapture scripture. When he who is taken out of the way is taken out of the way, then the Antichrist will be revealed. Who is that? Can't be the Holy Spirit. Because in the tribulation, after the rapture, people are going to still be saved. 
There'll be tribulation saints, and you need the Holy Spirit to be saved. It's talking about the church, and I think the little byproduct there is America. The last one nation under God is America. You take America out of the way, and the Antichrist will be. Where are you going to go? I'm heading to Ecuador. (laughs) No, you're not. I'm going to live in the mountains of God. They will find you there. So these are all birth pangs. And Balaam and Balak give us a glimpse of how things unfold. There will be many tactics. But you and I are called to our own set of tactics. We're to be vocal. You might not have to be as blunt and brash as me. We need to be political. Stop electing people that hate Israel. And we can be vocally spiritually. This is what the Bible says. And like I mentioned earlier, followers of Jesus do need to tell it like it is. Can I just keep it real for a minute? Israel is God's chosen land and God's chosen people. It shouldn't be divided. We shouldn't be breaking it all up. We, uh, we need to honor God's covenant that he made with Abraham that was forever. Amen. And for Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. For Jerusalem's sake, I will not remain quiet. Isaiah 61.1, which is a messianic portion of scripture. And so it was intended especially for the last days. So, look, uh, as a Gentile prophet, Balaam's story is symbolic of traditional Christianity and their attitude towards Israel. 2,000 years of bad attitude towards Israel. Now, it cuts both ways. There's been bad decisions on both sides. But when you're a superpower and you got a tiny little group of Jews and a tiny, tiny little uh, nation the size of Rhode Island, right? It's David versus Goliath. And all of a sudden, people are trying to say Israel is the Goliath. Oh, excuse me. Look at the map, and you can barely find Israel uh, when you look at the Middle East and the northern parts of Africa and Europe around the Mediterranean. Why are they all against Israel? Well, because you go back 2,000 years, and even uh, before that, into this other Balak and Balaam time. But if you Google Jewish persecution, you're going to find numerous websites that document a calendar of history that shows all kinds of persecution and anti-Semitism. And so we need to be aware of that, because... Everything that happens at the end times is all centered around Israel. God is drawing a line in the sand and it's going to become more plain the closer we get to the coming of the Lord. Who is on God's side, including who's on Israel's side, and who's not. All of you on God's side, step over here. And all of you that aren't, step over there Oh, and be, be sure to uh, uh, be careful because the ground is about to open. Amen. 
this resentment and hatred has grown out of Jewish commitment to their own faith. And look, they, they rejected European Christianity, right? In the early days following the resurrection of Christ, great revival, great spiritual awakening, myriads of Jews accepted, that loved the Torah, accepted Yeshuaism. Myriads, a myriad is 10,000. So myriads, the Bible says in the book of Acts, I think it's Acts 20 or Acts 22. But a big reason why uh, this hatred developed is in Numbers 23.9. And in Numbers 23.9, part of today's teaching, it says, I see a people who live apart and do not consider themselves one of the nations, right? So you, uh, if, if, you, if you want to uh, get along, you go along. Well, Israel, no, we're a peculiar people. We're a royal priesthood. We're a holy nation. I think God said that through Peter to the church, to believers, right? That we're to live apart and not consider ourselves one of everybody. We're, we're not, we don't need to be part of the majority to be right. But even now in today's society, pastors are waffling. And there's very few pastors that have the courage and the bravery. And people, well, well uh, we don't want you to be so political on Sunday morning. We need to be political because people are legislating morality politically. They told us originally you can't legislate morality, so stop putting the Bible in everything. Talk about the Trojan horse. And so we sat by and did nothing and kept electing Yahoo leaders that hate the Bible and hate Jesus Christ and don't want us to have church assembly. And they're passing moral things. Amen. We need to take this serious because the secular people never will. They're never going to be reasonable. Have you noticed how unreasonable it is? I thought it used to be, can we have a conversation? <laughs> I I, I don't want to hear your side of the conversation. You will submit and obey or we will punish you. Right? That's all Antichrist stuff, folks. So God says uh, any anti-Jewish, anti-Israel policies that defame or discredit or denigrate Israel will bring a curse on you. And Balaam attempted to curse Israel, but God kept reversing the curse. And if we look at our own lives and we want to position ourselves for more blessing as individuals or as a church or as a nation, we need to get on the right side of this thing and say, God, what do I need to do to show my support for Israel? I'm glad you thought that question. Here's eight things you can do. <laughs> Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Pray protection and peace and for a great awakening. 
Psalm 122.6. Study Bible prophecy and God's promises to Israel and the Jewish people. Just don't take somebody on Daystar's word for it. Learn the history of the church's anti-Semitism and replacement theology. Learn that history. Don't be like I was in high school. When the teacher was teaching, I was, nowadays I guess they probably do on their tablets, they probably play uh, electronic digital games. We used to play the paper games where you'd put all the dots and then you draw a line, I draw a line. And then if I get the box, I put my name, uh, my initial in the box and whoever gets the most boxes wins. That was my education in history class. I've since repented. Number four, begin celebrating the biblical holidays and learn what they mean. Number five, vote for pro-Israel candidates and policies. Number six, share pro-Israel and Jewish roots viewpoints on your social media. Number seven, help LHM, Larry Huck Ministries, New Beginnings Church, stand with Israel and bless the Jewish community. Right now, we're raising funds to buy another ambulance to put on the... Hi, little grandson. Hey to my grandson. Hi, little buddy. I love you. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, we've got... Uh, six ambulances on the ground. Some of them were uh, saving lives during that those rocket attacks. And then uh, a seventh is just about out of production and will be shipped over. To, and then we're raising funds for an eighth right now. And, and to boot, now they started a defibrillator. Say that three times. Defibrillator, defibrillator, defibrillator. So uh, we're also uh, going to be sponsoring uh, defibrillator kiosks located all around the nation of Israel as part of the uh, saving lives uh, in Israel. And number eight, the eighth thing you can do to reverse the curse of anti-Semitism, help us restore Judeo-Christianity so the Messiah can return. That's the final prophecy. A restitution of all things has to happen. And then the Lord, well, what does that restitution include? It includes the church scouring out anti-Semitism, replacement theology, and all of these anti Israel things in our doctrines and figuring out a way to do Ephesians 2.14, break down the middle wall of partition so that the one side, which is the Old Testament, the other side within the, is the New can come together and see an outpouring of the Holy Ghost like we've never seen before. And so that's what New Beginnings is all about. Defeating Balaam, defeating Balak, defeating all the Hamans of the world, and, uh, and releasing uh, a blessing on our lives. Just because you attend here means that you're under an anointing that will bring you blessing if you'll think about it, if you'll claim it, if you'll get involved with it. 
And that's all end-time prophecy. So wear your star of David. Wear it proudly and learn all these things. Do all of these things and uh, you'll be blessed. Do you receive that today? Amen. Give the Lord a big praise if you love God.